Good morning and welcome back to the Q&R code. This is Quinn. And this is Riley. Hello, Quinn. Hello, good day. Yeah, not good morning for me. Now I'm all wonky from the time change. Quinn and I just got back to our homes last night after our week trip together. We're going to talk some about that, but I got back very muy late, felt sleepy. Um, and started from a long, very early. Started early, went late, and had the time change, which I know people are like, three hours isn't that bad. And in terms of things, it's not, but it definitely is still like it feels a little wonky for me. Yeah, well, I ended up kind of having a long day too. I mean, waking up at 4 a.m. is always feeling like, to me, a long day. Um, Yeah, I'm not one of, as surprising as this may be to our listeners, I'm not one of the people that starts my day at 4 a.m. and has a three-hour workout. Um, I know that's like could come as a really big surprise, but... I don't get up at 4am and so when I do for an airport day, immediately the system is just kind of effed, you know, like it's just things aren't working the way they should in every aspect, like just not firing on all cylinders. Um, But I felt yesterday that I too had a bit of a long a long day even though my journey was by far the easiest and I was reflecting on it to my Uber driver because I was so very brave and instead of getting just an Uber straight home from the airport since that costs a hundred dollars I figured out taking the train which was actually my first time in Denver ever doing so I felt empowered with knowledge um, learning how to do that since I had different transfers and stuff. But then I got on my Uber and I felt exhausted. And then he was asking more about my trip. And I was like, well, my sister is still having about seven hours of travel ahead of her. So I feel bad. And then he was asking about like the rest of my trip. And I was like, and I feel even worse now because my mom to get here came from France. So yeah, my day from Washington to Denver was pretty easy when you think about it. Yeah, but that's cool that you got to learn a new thing taking the train and was it pretty easy? Sorry, Lucifer is literally tormenting (laughs) Quinn right now. She has been to peel back the curtain a little bit for you guys. I can watch Quinn over the video and there's just been a black cat swishing tail in and out of the camera from the beginning. And then she just pinned back her little ears and pounced on her mom trying to get some play out of her. Yeah, I can appreciate that she wants to be played with, and I want to play with her too, but I've played with her already today, and I'm like, girl, you get it, but why is it the second I sit down for something important that my animals are like, mama, mama? Um, But yeah, speaking of 
also you guys we don't need to go into too much detail about this but i wanted to tell you that um so my donkey annie very unfortunately is having a little health concern right now um if you're not too familiar with equines you might well you might i don't know we don't need to dive in it but she has a very mild bout of laminitis um anyway so we've had to change her feeding and restrict her feeding sadly and she has always been the sweetest donkey to me ever we have never had really any issues like she she's so sweet to me yesterday when i got home she reached out and bit me in the back of the arm when i was standing next to her because clearly she was like mommy where did you go i might yeah, she's like her. you have no idea what's happened since you've been gone i'm like no what you don't know is i've been worried sick the whole entire time crying about you being worried but she's clearly like mom dad is not giving me as much food as i want like help a sister out but she just chomped me on the back of the arm i'm like hello what the and heck that's the things you get <laughs> Yeah, seriously, I'm like, um, do we need to talk about what your vet bills have been the past couple months? No, and I, I, mommy would never guilt you for that. But it's not very nice to say hi by chomping me. But anyway, what? Oh yeah, about the, about the train for Denver. Yeah, I have heard such terrible things about it from people here, and really was no big deal to me at all. Like I. I quite enjoyed my experience actually, but I am someone that is just a optimist. Like I can have fun really doing anything. It's, I have a pretty, I'm an easy to please person. So I liked it because I got to look out the window, see new things. Of course, sometimes it's sad because you see places that there's so much litter and stuff. But I got to see murals in Denver that I've never seen. And I just do actually think it's empowering and a fun adventure to figure out, like to problem solve traveling yourself. Because some, of course, we have it easy with phones now, but there are still some things like I can't, I couldn't search, like, take me exactly to where is this line that I need to transfer on? You know, I just had to walk around and use my little brain and figure it out. So I thought it was just fine. And then I just Ubered from the closest station to my house and all was well. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. I agree. I definitely felt like that when learning about how to travel when we were traveling on semester at sea a, a program i did in college it was it took a lot of the pressure off of travel for me because i realized that you can figure it out and navigating even in different countries where you don't know the language though a bit intimidating is usually manageable and like you said with phones especially you can figure things out um i I was trying to be optimistic on my travel day yesterday, not gonna lie, I did not have the most sunshiny disposition, but we will get into that later. It was just kind of a pointlessly stupid travel day. Um, but should we talk yeah. about going to Washington? 
Yes. Well, also, it's okay. Like, you don't have to be optimistic about everything. I just think I've noticed in life in general that people will be like, ugh, something is such a drag that to me, since I was little, stuff like, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty hard to get under my skin with stuff. And even when it's not like a fun travel day, it's not to me like I come home being like I'm pissed or anything, um, which I'm sure you're not either. But your day was extremely long with multiple legs and transfers like many. And you were up for more hours than humans should be up. You didn't get enough sleep or food, I'm sure. And I will say my necky and my backy hurt and my head. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say is the fact that you do not sleep well before an airport morning. At least most of the people I know don't. And I certainly don't. That then that's really the icing on the top of the cake of everything that it's like not only is it a long day dealing with the way people act at airports and that general like emotional turmoil and whatnot but the fact you didn't even get a good like fewer hours of sleep than you would normally get before i really thrive on a sleep routine i think most people honestly do and would if they got right with their sleep hygiene and when you don't get to get the like full regular sleep you get especially if it's a light tormented stress dreams airport sleep i feel that i feel the repercussions yeah that that's what i'm saying about how it just starts on a wonky foot because it's one thing if i had got nine hours which yes I I like getting nine hours. I I don't know what this whole seven hours, eight hours, like, no. I, if I'm going to feel really good, I want nine hours of sleep. That's just how my body is right now. And I'm trying not to judge myself because of it. Um, yeah, when people are like, I just like function really well on five hours of sleep. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Maybe you can function or you can get what you need to get done, but I don't think that's the thriving threshold. Like it just, maybe, maybe for some people, they just genuinely have such a different experience. But to me, that makes me think like, I will get so nauseous if I don't get enough sleep. I feel physically sick (laughs) if if I sleep five hours a night. So In college, also, our sleep was so much worse. I guess I can't necessarily speak for you, but I was not getting full, regular, like, deep sleeps, and it showed. Yeah, 100%. I definitely wasn't getting the sleep I needed in college, and sleep is a privilege. It shouldn't have to be, but obviously we know, like, not everyone is able for a multitude of reasons to get the sleep they need. Um, And I low-key sometimes feel uh, like a little bit shamed by people when I talk about my sleep or how much I care about getting good sleep. Because first of all, obviously we know we have this big party culture and stuff. And then also the grinding mentality. Um, And I'm like, 
I can't grind without a full night's sleep is the thing. And I'm not going to do as well. And obviously some days it just happens. You can't get that much, but I'm like, Hey, I only want to send out the good vibes for people that are making their sleep hygiene a priority because you should be proud of caring about stuff like that. And I think I'm just overall, I've been feeling it well to the surface. The, the, oh, it's cool to not care thing for me. Like I'm so far beyond that. Like to me, that is just such an unproductive and not cool way to be that there, there's still so many adults around our age that I feel like really live in that of like, oh, I just don't care. And that's, and also good for you. But like, I don't think we should be making it weird. Like, oh, yeah, cool. They care so much. Like I've definitely had it where I will say, oh no, like I care. I, you know, I need to go to bed by this time so I can wake up and people are like, are you serious? And it's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I get the challenge that fitting that into your day is definitely a privilege depending on what else you might have going on in your life. And we all have the same amount of time in a day. So you are going to have to make sacrifices. And to me, sleep is just not going to be that sacrifice. I would way rather... This is just a discussion I've had with people a lot where it's like, they say, but you need to have those nights where you're going out and you're staying out till three in the morning and seeing like the world at that time and from that perspective and whatever. And I have done that much fewer times, I think, than most our age. But I'm like, yeah, I've done it. And I just, it doesn't make me feel like I'm missing out in the same way that I feel like I'm missing out on showing up for the things that are more important to me when my schedule is not intact. And it just depends what where your goals are and what your focus is right then. But for me, I am sensitive to those sorts of changes. Some people are more resilient for, yeah, like getting less sleep and missing out on the usual patterns of their day. But I just know that how it affects me is not worth usually the compromise that you have to make. So I think that there's nothing wrong with certain people feeling like I want to do that and they feel like they can bounce back and have a successful next day. I don't know how often that is actually like fully true where you're going to be doing your absolute best if you're missing out on those essential things. But yeah, to me, I'm just out of place in my life where I say out of place in my life. I never really even had a phase like that, but I've definitely gotten more right with my schedule. And honestly, that was the best thing I think the pandemic did for me in a way is that I started getting into a sleep routine. There wasn't the same like pressure to stay up late to like finish an assignment for class early the next morning because I do no good at waking up early to do something like that. You know what I mean? We we kind of got the foot off the gas in that way. And so then I just started taking time to like cook all my meals that I wanted in a day and sleep all I needed to. 
and figure out while I had more time with less obligations going on, what was the right balance for me. And once you find that and you start feeling good and your productivity is going up and you're feeling better and more energized, it's like, yeah, I don't even want to compromise on that stuff. It feels so much better for me. And I like my days. I like doing what I do. I like the the time I get to spend with my dog and Brayden and quiet reading time at home and these things that are, yeah, very fulfilling to me. It's not like yeah. a compromise that to me is like I'm missing out on a part of my life because I often feel like I'm missing out on the most important parts of my life if I'm not staying true to the schedule and the obligations that really works for me. Yeah, I definitely second that. And I agree the pandemic was, that was by far my favorite part of it was I had never had yet a time in my life where it was like, oh, developing a healthy morning routine and a healthy nighttime routine because we had always felt so busy that we couldn't make it work. And since then, I have just been like, I'm going to figure out making my stuff work as much as I can. And sadly, there will be a handful of days and times where it's like, okay, I actually can't make cooking for myself today work. Or sadly, I do have to sacrifice a couple of hours of sleep to get done when I need to. And again, it truly is a privilege because I get that there are people out there that are going back to back to back with their job and like multiple different jobs and are a single parent or, you know, whatever the situation may be. But I definitely have felt so good prioritizing that stuff as much as possible. Also, we're sensitive girls and I am just, I've always been someone that is very pain prone. Like I just have a lot of physical pain and I'm extremely migraine prone and I used to really struggle with chronic migraines that I would get multiple migraines a week and And I just have some of that like genetic chronic pain where our moms would always have headaches growing up and whatnot and Quinn and I were little and are like great We are doomed. Most kids our age do not just get headaches like we do. Yeah. Well, and so many people still to this day there, I meet so many people that are, have never had a migraine and it is just, I mean, I have a headache so often, but a migraine and people gaslight about migraines. So major when you're someone that gets migraines, you know, the difference and you have probably been able to like withstand some serious headaches and work through it but people that don't get migraines or just like don't believe that you do at work that has definitely happened to me before where it's like okay you just kind of got to push through it and move on with your headache and i'm like i'm blind to the world i can't see and i'm just in excruciating pain no actually like Uh, It is a frustrating thing to be so misunderstood because I have had problems in multiple jobs with that where people didn't believe the extent that I was suffering 
with migraines and I had it really bad with a job that I told them ahead of time, hey, I have chronic migraines. I need to be able to drink a lot of water throughout the day and I need to be able to eat as well. Like a normal, a normal person getting a food break. And I was worked to the bone at this job and which is really unfortunate because it's a place that a lot of people really love and there's a lot of hype around and they just did not treat me well at all like we were so busy and slammed all the time and they never let me step back and drink water or have food which is illegal um but then i was getting uh, i will have this where if that continues to happen my migraines accumulate and get worse so then i was having migraines often multiple times a week and what happens for me with migraines is i straight up actually can't see like i won't be able to see anymore and get extremely nauseous and this just crazy feeling of pain it's like you can't even stand and i'm like oh so crazy that you've gaslit me this whole time and now exactly what i said could happen is happening and now you're pissed that i have to leave work when it would have been so easy for you to just let me have my water throughout the day and just be taken care of as an employee, not being crazy, worked, worked crazy hours overtime and everything. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I think for me too, I like, I, again, this is going to be a theme on this podcast for you to hear me say, because I, have like guilt about talking about the fact that I have experienced chronic pain because it is like literally an invisible disability and it does make me emotional because people like you just have to trust literally with someone that they're going through that you don't see it so it's overwhelming being someone that's experienced it so often from childhood like through now where it's like oh you might be nonchalant and i get no one's ever trying to be like oh just not giving an f and hurting my feelings or anything but it's like you might be trying to you know just encourage me to have fun or whatever but it's like no, I'm not trying to be a baby, but legit, like I can't, I'm not going to work those hours or I, I'm not going to go out tonight. Like you are pressuring me. I'm not going to go out tonight because I will feel such severe repercussions from that where I don't get to just like waltz through my day as if it, it doesn't matter. And I think we need to like be aware of those things obviously it's just a whole nother story of how messed up the workplace environment can be you know definitely and i think that it's so important to be considerate of the the impact that that sort of treatment has on people and why I care so much about accessible workplaces is because it benefits so many, it benefits everyone. Like the cool thing about disability that is also the different thing about disability as a minority group is that 
it is not really a fixed identity. It's transient for some people. Some people always, they're born with a disability that they've had through their whole life. And some people acquire a disability or it's just a, it's a group that anyone can enter at any time and point in their lives. So it should be really important to everyone. And also we need to be more expansive in the way we think about accommodations because a lot of people and have not received the education around disability studies. It's just not part of core curriculums, unfortunately. So you might think that I need to have a ramp in my workplace. So if somebody that is a wheelchair user, they can get inside the building. And of course that's true. And that's a very visible example. So it, strikes a chord with people because they can understand that sort of accommodation. But there's lots of other versions of having accommodations in the workplace that a lot of people would benefit from, like job sharing, where if you can't take on a full-time job, you're a working mom, or you have a disability, or you have multiple jobs, whatever's going on and you get to share that role with someone, then two people are employed that might otherwise, either of them been able to have that similar position, uh, an employer that doesn't do job sharing. Or for some people it's, yeah, having access to water and snacks. First of all, everyone should have that. You should always be able to have the sustenance you need to, but having to be able to have breaks if you're someone that needs to have shorter breaks throughout the day. There's all sorts of ways that things can look or changing the lighting in your office if it is a visual um, discomfort for someone that does have light sensory issues or some anything like there there's no end to the way accommodations can look. It just needs to be a dynamic that employers can hear from their employees and are able to take that in stride and realize that not everything has to be fought, that there are some changes we can make that are easy, that are better for more people. But yeah, yeah, I, I sympathize that Quinn and it definitely is not a good feeling and it's not right for people to forget that other people have things going on that they don't understand. We always want to feel like people understand how hard life is and sometimes that can cloud people from remembering that just because you have something going on doesn't mean that someone else doesn't also we all have a lot on our plate all the time so compassion and empathy are so important because as much as you have in your life that you are valid for feeling all this weight on you. Other people are all carrying similar sorts of issues as well. And I think that when someone at work is scoffing or thinking, oh, this girl (laughs) getting another headache or whatever, of course, it's really like in the back of their mind that they're busy and they don't like this job very much. And they're just frustrated for all these other sorts of reasons. Yeah. Uh, It's just a lot. And I think that it is important to 
stay aware and it's something I'm still trying to heal within myself because, you know, as I've said, like, I used to be, I mean, I still work a lot and I'm still really busy, but like, I used to work myself actually to the bone where it was like doubles after doubles after doubles. And if someone needed something, I would pick up a shift and I was often working six to seven days a week and like 12 hours a day and just really overworking myself. And I've always felt like I'm a hard worker and that I needed to overwork myself to to fulfill that, not even necessarily for other people. I just felt like I need to be working this much because I'm a hard worker. But then, you know, I kind of have touched on this, but I it was building in such a bad way, like such not only how I've said in a previous episode, not only was it, you know, I was sacrificing things I loved and wanted to do. I was also getting this buildup of just such terrible pain and such episodes of like chronic pain and uncontrollable chronic migraines where it was like, I physically had to take a step back and make a change or else I wasn't even then being able to feel like I could complete a work day. So I had to restructure things. And I think that I can be still a little sensitive to people in a workplace saying things like how hard of a worker they are when when I see that they're maybe overworking themselves or priding themselves on that hustle grind culture when I will be like, Uh, I used to be that too, but the way I'm showing up for work now is not being any less hard of a worker. In fact, I can work even harder while I'm here by taking care of myself the way I need. And it looks different for everybody. And I'm sure some people can work themselves to the bone without feeling as many like physical or mental repercussions because everyone has different thresholds. But it's definitely been like a sensitive subject for me that I'm working on when I hear someone say how hard of a worker they are and what they're correlating is that they work so many hours. It's hard to me because I'm like, I'm also a really hard worker just because I'm not in as many hours punching the clock as you does not correlate to your work ethic. And I think we should be aware and sensitive of just more things in life. And it's not being so woke about everything, but just thinking like, oh, am I maybe making statements or making judgments on myself too that like could be affecting other people in the room? Because I don't think any of us here and any of the listeners want to be people dragging people down. And also some of it is just being resilient in yourself, you know, but I will notice when I, I say like that I'm busy with something that I'm like, okay, yeah, so is the next guy. And it's not really worth comparing the struggle like that, you know? Yeah. It's definitely just not a competition. I definitely don't like 
that a lot of the times culture is like oh how are you doing when you're at your job people are like i'm so tired or so busy or don't want to be here that sort or, yeah, of thing just wish i wasn't here pushed me away from my last position because i'm just like well i want to show up my best anywhere i'm gonna show up in life and it can be a very hard atmosphere if you're in a culture that people are like before the day even gets started are showing up with an attitude and whether that attitude is saying i'm so tired or whatever of course you're valid to feel that way i just am someone that feels like if i want to if i'm going to be somewhere i want to be able to just be there and work ethic to me is how you show up to the table not how long you sit there and I want to show up to the other parts of my life that are equally, if not more important than my job with as much like enthusiasm as I would work. And I want to show up to work with a good attitude too. I don't like to have a dynamic with my coworkers or employer of ugh, like punching the clock. Cause you've got to do what you got to do. Even though that's true to some extent, it's like, but this, this is my life. These are my valuable hours in a day. And the least I could do is like show up and do my best and try to enjoy doing it. And I would like just yet yeah, to say that you are very valid in feeling that way and feeling that frustration. And also you usually are so, so resilient with it. Like you are able to handle it. You take it in stride. You don't have to feel like that it gets to you more because you said we're sensitive and we are sensitive but sometimes when people hear someone being vulnerable or cry and they think you just let that get to you so much i talk to you every day and it doesn't it's not like that is what is predominating your day and that it gets to you so much but you're allowed to feel your feelings when you have them and i think if anything i can't believe it took us this many episodes to have one of us crying on here <laughs> so far yeah that's what i thought i get, also i cry not only from sadness but when i get choked up like i will be listening to a that's... beautiful song get choked up like hear yeah. a story well, where someone's being like vulnerable and i just let that <laughs> feeling Oh my gosh, yeah. I and I I just mean I'm sensitive in so many aspects and I used to be like feel like oh, I'm not sensitive because like you said, I am resilient and I I am also strong and also powerful and um have a lot of I'm able to take things in stride and have grace and also I'm physically sensitive. Like my environment the lights like you said lights will trigger a migraine for me easily like i just it is just in who knows if it's my dna if it's that i had a very traumatic birth like i don't know exactly what it is that led to me being so sensitive but i am just like physically sensitive like you can kind of if i miss a night of sleep i'm going to feel the repercussions and my body's gonna feel terrible you know but i am glad right we can i know this conversation came out of nowhere that's what you can continue to expect with us but i'm glad we can talk about it because 
I do think I just value us being able to have vulnerable conversations and you know that there's nothing that heals me like a good cry. So anyway, do you want to keep talking about kind of what your like what our travel was like? Yeah, well, speaking of chronic pain, I have a topic that I'm very excited to talk to you about today. But first to kind of lead you into that, I'll just say I left at 4.30 in the morning from Charlottesville to travel to Washington. And it was, I think, Washington one of my flights. By the way, if anyone's confused, because yes. sometimes people ask, Washington State. Yeah. Yes, it would be very quick for me to get to Washington, D.C. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. to get to Washington State, I had to take, luckily, the first part of my travel was only two different flights, so it wasn't that bad, but it was just a whole airport fiasco as it goes, and when I got onto my plane, I was pleased to find that they were one that has nice screens on the back of the seat because then I can be an iPad kid, go through their selection of entertainment, watch something. We did not grow up with um, people with the cars that had like video monitors on the back of their seats. They got to have their DVD players. Eventually though, I guess we did end up buying a used car when we were kids that had like the car had the little drop down screen that literally is like oh, as like big one. as two iphones <laughs> yeah like, maybe and first of all we were not usually allowed to use it but on our 18 hour road trips to california our parents would let us like pick out a couple red box like, movies please that let we us watch could... step brothers <laughs> yes and then literally. the audio's in the whole car yeah <laughs> And also, yeah, you have to, as a family, we are good at figuring out agreeing on a movie, but sometimes it takes a while because you have lots of people to please. And But we just like watching movies together. That was a moment that we could all share at our home of going through the collection, picking out what we're going to watch and watch something. Um, so I get excited on the plane when they have some selections for me to go through and I couldn't believe but real Quinn, quick right describe describe you told me that these screens like you could pull it out like literally like an iPad I had never heard okay. of this before that was not on this flight but that was on oh. an, another flight that I did recently where yes you like could pop out the screen from the back of the seat and you said they were like uh, it nice was, quality i mean it wasn't like it wasn't the same as an ipad yeah but i was just surprised this was what flight was this i can't even remember but um that was crazy no but these were just like the nice delta screens and they had the craziest selection i was wishing that quinn could see so we could talk about that together but she flew with a different airlines but let me tell you some of the things that they had on there quinn are you ready i'm ready trolls amazing 
Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> it's like, I love that. that and Dazed and Confused. I'm like, yes, let's get the general public on their Delta commuter flights to watch these two. Call back to last episode, 27 Dresses. Amazing. Both Mama Mia's. <laughs> uh I, how are you supposed to pick out oh, anything wow. else? I know. And then they have like, they had lots of powerful, like Academy Award style movies like Lion. Remember? Yes. Good do. Yeah. Yes. That movie. Um, talk about amazing. crying. Cool. Talk I would definitely about... be crying on the plane. I definitely have and do watch movies on the plane that make me cry. Um, Moonlight, like they had so many. Spy Kids, I was like, oh, okay. They had Shrek. They were bringing out the big guns. But then they had new movies as well. They had also for the vibes of the season, they had like Get Out and Coraline. And so I was just like, okay, this selection is really popping off. I don't wow. know how they even get like the licensing agreements to have all these movies on there. That's but nuts. Regretfully, dude. regretfully, I did not have one of those little Bluetooth dongles to listen on my headphones. And I had to listen through, God forbid, the airplane earbuds. Speaking of being sensitive those things going in your ears is not a sensation i enjoy but luckily these ones didn't horrendous oh on the europe trip quinn and i when we just flew back from our wedding we couldn't watch anything because they gave us the type of headphones that have like the little foam tips on the end that are earbuds that you're supposed to stick the like old like it reminds me of elementary school the rented like headsets they would bring to your classroom that have foam over it but it doesn't sit on your ears it goes in (sighs) no and they're scratchy like that's not even funny to joke about like they are so so uncomfortable i couldn't even muster to like that thing is coming nowhere near my ear i'm not even gonna give it a try okay like I, there are certain places that I'm going to put my foot down and I am not putting that, like, it gives me the willies to even think about those, like, Dude, let alone touch I them with my fingers, it. let alone put it in my ear. Just, like, I'm not going to do yeah, that. I raised it towards my ear and the sound it made, like, with the initial contact just brushing on, like, the baby hairs in oh. my ear before entering, oh. I know that that was not going to be okay for no, me that's not an option that's a non-option so we have to reevaluate do pop those bad boys right and shove them as deep as they can yeah it was sick not i will say not sean's preference but he did, did put those in and then uh his headphones with the noise canceling over the top of them which yes that brings me to how i made my final movie selections for this flight yeah. because it was so loud when you're up with the plane the engines are roaring it just always feels like loud and overstimulating to me in a plane and not even having the option of having headphones with noise canceling 
I was going to start a movie that I hadn't seen yet, and I did watch the first like two minutes, but you couldn't hear a word of the dialogue. And you couldn't hear the movie very well at all. So I was like, I don't want to watch something I haven't seen before when I'm not even going to be able to hear it. But I thought, hmm, they actually have the perfect movie for just such an occasion on this plane. Which brings me into the meat and potatoes of today's episode is not our trip, Quinn. You thought it was our trip. No. The meat and potatoes of this episode is... Mr. John Wick. No. (laughs) Try again. Our mental health is always going to take a backseat to Keanu Reeves as John Wick. As it should, because my mental health would be nowhere without him. Also, talk about resiliency. This Oh my god, literally. (laughs) I can be actually run over by a school bus. And get up and no, walk. Get, 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 Getting get hit by a car up. one time is a deal breaker for me. I would not, my body, the way. And by hit, I mean love tapped. You know, I would be a, a full on carrying the sidewalk. Like, um, I'm, I'm suing. Yeah. Uh, a stiff breeze could put a crick in my neck. It's already on the verge and i just cannot believe the way it reminds me always of isn't it the speech in rocky where it's like it's not about how hard you can hit it's about how hard you can get hit and get up and keep on going or whatever yeah well (laughs) he gets the gold medal in that arena because he just gets obliterated for two hours straight each movie and and I still... have to say, Jake Paul is his runner-up on that. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. When okay. we're talking real life people, can you imagine, like, uh, basically if you're in the MMA period, just letting yourself get absolutely wrecked. And I do agree with you, Quinn, but I think when we're going from John Wick and then you say Jake Paul is the runner-up, I I guess that seems pretty extreme, but... He falls many, many strides behind, but I know I sure as hell am not the runner-up, like, and no one I know. No. Also, this is a very small disclaimer that I'm going to give before we go into this discussion shouldn't even need to be said, but I've heard so many boys complaining about how the action in John Wick, they're like, oh my God, it's like so unreasonable that you could shoot a gun like that with that sort of accuracy from that distance. Like I can't even suspend my disbelief. I'm like, okay, well, it is a Hollywood film. I don't get why people with movies feel so much like, ah, it's just a little hard for me to believe. I don't have that problem. Guess what? I'm watching a movie. I am here to believe. You, again, easy to please. I'm not a super tough audience. You do not have to have like a super pinpoint physics like going on in your movie for me to enjoy it it's okay that's what a movie is for it's creative it's a novel 
I believe in Santa and fairies, and I also believe that's what's happening in these fictional movies is true and did happen, and that he and that it was actual combat, and John Wick is my hero. Yes, and in that world, I'm like, yeah, it's badass. It would not be fun to watch a movie where an assassin has a little revolver on him and he goes to shoot someone that's 10 feet away and he can't hit him because there's too much going on and you couldn't like accurately hit your target. Please, obviously, this... Yes, so that's what I was saying. This is just to me a dumb thing, but I have heard as a criticism where they're like, oh, yeah, this guy gets hit by a truck 10 times and he just can keep walking. Like, he wouldn't be able to walk. I'm like, you wouldn't be able to walk. John Wick can. Yeah, and guess what? Literally training for something your whole life will do for you. He walked so we could run. And... I will forever <laughs> appreciate that. I don't and know in Riley, what way that's true. <laughs> I feel like John Wick has set the stage for just the way I l- go through life. <laughs> well, also, here's the thing. He's not like a James Bondy character because he... Uh, uh, there are a lot of different ways that I could go into this, but he's not like trying to have the look and the vibe to get ladies. And I think that that only increases his sex appeal, that he is a one woman man through all four of these movies. He's thinking about Helen. He's watching their little home videos. He's yeah. a little are you kidding committed me? lover boy at heart. The fuel, it. the fuel that was his wife tragically passing and then his dog being killed yeah that is some serious feel that would take me a long way too also i think that that is what you expect in a partner if someone ever comes after my dying gift to you being our little doggy that's your last remembrance you ought to feel that way and that strongly about it um but yeah so i did watch two john wick i had just seen well listen i had just seen the first one not too long ago so i was like perfect i'll watch two and three on the way there because i had a long enough flight to do so and there were lots of things to think about my first that i would like to call to your attention is the fact that his like signature one he has many signature moves we gotta love that about jonathan and one of my favorites is when the gun no longer has ammunition and can be useful in that way to him he's throwing that at your face you don't be anywhere within throwing distance of that man and a gun because he wants to clock that thing into your forehead seriously you can tell he's practiced that a lot like i don't know if he's practicing this on scarecrows or what but mm, serious force another thing i did some very light research into john wick because i was 
and continue to be very impressed by this movie um, because he clarified Keanu Reeves. I listened to an interview and he said that he does not do his own stunts. He does his own action is what he says. So there are stunts that he does not perform like he still works with lots of stuntmen on set, but he likes to do his own action when he can. And that's one of the reasons this movie is like so fun to watch is because this is a guy that actually grapples and practices this fighting. Obviously it's choreographed, but watching him. Can you please stop ruining the magic? I'm not ruining the magic. It's choreographed. Don't say that. Please. I'm just saying it's not obvious <laughs> and it's not choreographed. It's new every I'm, time. Every 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 single take is different and new. Yeah, sure, but I also do think that we need to be cognizant of the safety of crews and acknowledge the reality of making a movie, Quinn. I'll, but I definitely I'm fully in it when you're watching that movie. Nothing about the performance or the way the movie is done makes me question any of the reality there. I'm just saying it's cool to think of all the work that goes on behind the scenes for him, for this actor specifically, that he learns how to drive like a stunt driver and how to use weapons. Again, I don't know what that looks like for him, but... I do think that we can all appreciate, even those of us that maybe have a more tentative relationship with firearms, when he just, he does his little trick shooter stuff that I was noticing more in this movie. And like when he empties a clip and just like flings it away and stuff. I like that he, they do a lot of fancy stylized things. There was some spinning of pistols that I hadn't realized before. And I love when there's just a little bit of flare. Yeah, he definitely knows how to serve. That's for sure. Um, But then Riley watched number four on her way back yesterday. And I love that you saw that mission through. Yeah, I couldn't leave it hanging, even though the fourth came out this year and I did see it in theaters. I watched it again and it is one of my favorites. And Quinn, I can't believe you haven't seen it yet. But yeah i just neither can i the best thing about john wick is they give you a little bit of everything that you want in an action movie it's very high octane this is why it was perfect on the plane because in the theater it was so loud i wanted to cry like it has lots of gun scenes lots of fight scenes that just tend to be louder and in a movie theater especially sometimes they really blast the volume and it was too much but it was perfect on the airplane because some of that was dialed down a bit for me. And I love, I, I don't know what I can even say if you haven't seen the last one, Quinn. Just don't say anything um, because I actually would be really put off if you spoiled that for me. Also, me and my client okay. were just talking about this and... We're, we we decided we need to get a cute little case for some cute little earplugs and bring earplugs to the cinema. Because, you know, sometimes we think of that with a concert. It's like, just because if it's too loud, there are some people that are like, oh, but I love that it's so loud for a concert. And good for you, but 
for me, again, being sensey, I like to have a little bit of a noise blocker. So they sell little cute little uh, earplugs. And I just feel like we should normalize bringing that. Yeah. To make our need experience more enjoyable. Yeah. Let me know if anybody has the style that are designed specifically to hear through for like concerts and stuff that like makes the volume reduced but not muffled because I have just tried like foam headphones before but those are such a like muffling effect to everything which has its yeah. place for sure but let me know reviews from anyone that's I tried think some of the brother, other I think our brother has the ones I, that I, mom I got him for like raves yeah I think we should ask that's a really good stocking should. stuffer idea Oh my gosh, how cute would that be? Like that with a little with an with a concert ticket for someone. Like yeah, that I was would be gonna cute. Say, or yeah, a little coupon to go to see like to the movie show together. Yeah. Yeah. Something that would be cute. like that would be really cute. Good idea. Um I'm Should not done we... talking about John Wick, so I hope you oh, thought okay. we weren't off of that that quickly. So maybe we're gonna have to do another uh, a, a actual recap of our trip on another episode. It seems like. Well, uh, this is part of my trip, Quinn. This was a big part of my trip. Clearly the most <laughs> important part. You would think that seeing family might be up there. Just kidding. No, this is not the most important part. But I but am. It stuck with you the longest. I, I most mean, impactful legends never die <laughs> heroes get remembered um but let me just say that the last one quinn is the most old west of them all and you have to go watch it so annoying to me are that you horses? haven't but it's yes and there are horses in oh. the previous one too that's what i'm saying is they give you in a john wick movie it's like there is samurai sword fighting there is like people throwing axes there are car chases and horse chases and motorcycles there's hand-to-hand combat and like jujitsu style grappling knife throwing like it just it's not he is a multi-faceted man to say the very least and he has more tbis than any person has a right to have suffered through. And he just pops up. God, the adrenaline on that guy must be wild. Also, he's not like drinking water and getting good sleeps and fuel through this. He's constantly on the run with like a 50 million target on his back. Exhausting. Yeah. I can, we can just appreciate like, I clearly don't have as much of a will to live as he has. Um, You could pretty much consider me toast the day that that wanted notice is sent out to the world of all, all hitmen. Like, um, yeah, I'm just, I already took the pills. Like I knocked myself out. You can find me in my bathtub. Like, I that was not supposed to be like I meant because I'm like taking a foamy bathtub to like say okay. <laughs> like I have I have like my lavender candle going being like yeah 
guess what? There's nothing I could do to escape this. I'm not. Yeah, you mean you're just waiting for your demise. Yeah. Yeah, well. I love the perseverance and I am inspired by it. Yeah, I really demonstrated to myself yesterday that I do not have what it takes because just the run that I had to do with no one trying to shoot me or attack me from one gate of the airport to the to another gate of the airport to make a very very tight connection I narrowly missed was enough that I was like I don't know if I could have like ran anymore if I had to <laughs> I ran yeah. from in the Atlanta airport gate B1 to gate D like 33 or something like they were not only in two concourses away but it was like the opposite ends of the terminal and i had to run because i did not want to miss my it was the last flight of the day situation at like 9 30 p.m into charlottesville and i didn't want to be stuck in atlanta so badly But the way my throat and chest felt after running like that without having like any warm up and just going quicker than the pace I should have, like I started out too fast. (laughs) I'm sure the warm up would have changed things. Well, I'm saying like if I were in my mind, because I looked how far it was between the two and it was like a little over a half mile and I was like, okay, so I should be able to run that in this amount of time, no problem. But then I didn't pace myself in any way and I just took off and you're also like carrying something and weaving through the airport and haven't eaten right that day. I have like some almonds and sun chips in my belly. And it was just, I, again, I was like, wow, I'm sweating and breathing in such a way that A, it's become extremely evident to me that if I want to get better at cardio, I am going to have to start doing it, unfortunately. Second, thank God I did make my flight and also didn't pass out doing it because this is so wild. Like that, when I was like, that was just, if that is true, that that was just a little bit over a half mile, I better have been running at a six minute mile pace because if not which i wasn't let's clarify that right now i was probably running about a 12 minute mile and felt like my insides were a bonfire (laughs) yeah well that's also how we felt when in the morning before the sun had risen when we were getting ready to get to the airport we if you know seattle you know there's a ton of hills and it's pitch black and me and Riley are like straight up like if you're lurking and you're trying to do something to us like just please give us the decency of not right now we have our little backpack on and our luggage that we're carrying up these steep ass hills and no we can't run like there's no amount of adrenaline that could set in for me that I would be able to escape someone trying to get me when you're going up those hills like that's so unfair and that's just not and you if you're a decent criminal you know that you shouldn't prey on people at their worst yeah basically all that i can hope for 
if I were in a situation where self-defense was necessary, is that acting the craziest could get me out of that situation. There is no fighting, we there's no outrunning too, or competing. We were too exhausted to act crazy. Like what? I couldn't have screamed. You could have if you had to, I'm sure. I but hope so. I, I really do. I'm definitely the type of person, though, that that is my nightmare is not being able to, like, scream when I'm in distress or make a noise where you, like, lose your voice or you're just, like, feel so exhausted that you can't even fight. That is because I get so concerned about that. I feel like it wouldn't happen because I feel like I know that doesn't make sense, but that's what the story I have to tell myself is that, no, that's not what would happen. You would 100 percent be fighting your way out of that situation but watching john wick i'm like helen must have just felt like the safest woman in the world she's like luckily my husband is done with that life but also you literally better not not come anywhere near me in a malicious way if you know what's good for you because i did in my research look up this statistic and i believe that his kill count for the four movies was like 430 people so yeah this is a man that is not going to hesitate yeah it feels like once you get over a certain number you probably don't care that much maybe you do care but like you're gonna do what you have to do to keep yourself alive and your loved ones um I don't know. I really, really don't ever want to kill somebody. So I'm just no. trying also, to avoid that happening. I want to clarify that violent people make me so much more uncomfortable than nonviolent. I'm so glad I don't have a husband that yeah. like, if someone is disrespectful to him, he feels like fighting. Like, you know, some people yeah. are truly like that where they are looking for conflict and I do not like that at all. But in the world no. of serial killers and someone has a bounty on their head and people are actively trying to kill you, I guess I can feel a little more excuse or I guess forgiving of someone being like, I'm going to kill you if you're trying to kill me in the context of this movie but i yes of course would prefer I feel avoiding like, violence altogether yes i mean i'm really hoping that i could even hopefully not kill but at least to stop someone that wanted to kill me that's definitely the hope or my family like obviously but i'm like can we just please stop with this like who why why the killing we don't need us being obsessed with John Wick and we're like, but don't kill people. Um, well, this is what is I'm saying. Get, watch a movie series like this where you can get that feeling satisfied for you and then actually let's be so nonviolent and not engage in violent conflict at all because I don't like it one bit and I also... I just think that that is something most people don't truly have, that they want situations to become violent, but it, it becomes like a patterning and a survival system and a mechanism that I know this discussion 
was very non-serious and about a movie that we like and is taking another turn but i just want to acknowledge that with the conflict that has been going on for a long long time between israel and palestine and it's not that simple it's not just between these two places but just because that's been going on and that has been on our minds and quinn and i have been talking about how just painful it is to see this much destruction going on of people that just genuinely like want to live free safe lives with their families and i wish that we as a global community could engage in so much less the sort of conflict because as we've seen and as evidenced by this relationship it just doesn't lead to solutions and it just leads to so much pain for so many people that didn't even ask to be involved in these conflicts that are just living their lives where they're from where their families are from they're traveling whatever it is and suddenly there's conflict and there's conflict with russia and ukraine and there's conflict that the the u.s engages in in lots of places and sends money and support to these zones that people need protection and i know that just wanting peace isn't going to solve things but i do hope that if people have time today they can or make time to educate yourself and understand more about these humanitarian crises and issues but i for one am reaching out to my representatives to let them know that i would prefer that we support a ceasefire and that just humanitarian aid is not enough to save people's lives it needs to be coupled with an end of the violence and the un is calling for an end to this conflict it's a humanitarian rights issue and i just feel really devastated that people don't get to feel safe with their families and i feel so privileged and lucky about the fact that i've always gotten to feel like physically safe and protected from those things living where we've lived as a family but it's it still affects the people around you it still affects us and it just also reminds me that you never know what's going to happen and our country is in a state of some political unrest right now maybe not if you compare it to some other systems but i've been feeling that stress and i know a lot of other people have too that you don't feel as guaranteed right now to what's going on here and we don't know what when we are having our lives in danger with the number of shootings that have been happening in the u.s for decades now as well like there is a risk of violence where you live and you can detach from an issue sometimes if you're far away from it but it's just a reminder that these issues are really actually on a lot of people's doorsteps right now and we should try to have some compassion for the people that are constantly affected by that sort of conflict
I certainly agree. And it's just sick and really challenging and disheartening that we have often felt unheard by our government and I just get really frustrated when you have that feeling of helplessness that it's so clear to me that the majority of people want the ceasefire and do not want to continue this war and I just I don't know it's such a devastating feeling to think about all of the people that are affected by this and I mean you it's clearly the majority of people have uh, that have been affected by this and have been killed have had absolutely nothing to do with the conflict and um I definitely agree, Rai, that something we can be doing is making our voices heard by calling our representatives. And, you know, that is at least a little glimmer of a feeling of empowerment to know that you are trying to speak and make your thoughts and opinions known. And I think, you know, that is the best that we can do as far as I know right now. So definitely let's try to stay politically involved in that way. Um, but right. Yeah, do you think I we think should... it's so important for people that can hold space for an issue because you're maybe you don't have the same amount of personal involvement, but the way we see like global international issues affect people everywhere like with the spread of covid how we saw such a horrible rise in like anti-asian crime and discrimination and whatnot right now we're seeing an even worse spike than there's been for a long time with islamophobia and also a deep-rooted history of anti-semitism and seeing these ideas and this vitriolic speech and crimes coming up is obviously so devastating, but I think it's important to make sure you are, yeah, you are speaking up when things are being said that you are not okay with or that's harmful to people and when all blame is getting pushed on a whole group of people I, or an entire like culture. I think you should always be suspect of that because the actions of few, including when it comes to statements made by governments and whatnot, is not always indicative and usually it's not indicative of the feelings of many and the I feel for the whole Muslim community and Jewish community and all all these groups that are really having to suffer over something that is not even their value system. Um, but yeah, thank you, Quinn. I'm glad that we had the opportunity to mention that at the end of this episode today and with our talk at the beginning and my need to go into John Wick a little, I think you're, I agree. We'll 
maybe talk about the trip a little more next time. Thanks for letting us take that a different direction. I think it feels good when we get to follow like a, a natural train of thought that springs up unexpectedly. Yeah, definitely. Um, also with this conflict happening, just try to remember that using your voice is powerful and important. And there's also a way to do it. And I don't think that it's super helpful to be um, just railing into celebrities or people in general about not speaking more on something because I think this we continue to have things that are important to speak about and important to educate yourself about, but no one has the duty to use their social platform in a certain way. And I understand that could be a controversial opinion. And I do think people have the duty to use their platform in a sense, but you know, a celebrity right now saying that they disagree with this is not going to be what ends this war. And I think we need to remember that it's overwhelming for everyone, no matter your position and the people that should really be handling this are our politicians and the people in the government that are in power and have actually have say and that is where our voices come in is by sharing that with those people and you should still feel empowered to share it on your social media and everything as much as you would like but i don't think it's fair to be putting guilt and shame on anybody for not speaking enough about an issue because if that were the case everyone would be having a political platform and it's just not i don't think it's fair to expect that with every single issue every person with a big following is speaking on it yeah also not everyone has to have a take on everything and i think that a lot of the times we feel pressure to always keep up with everything going on but i think the most like powerful i feel is being able to make changes within my own circle and shape like the culture of the community around you and i think that's where a lot of people can be much more effective if you put something throw something up on your social media story and rely on that to change people's hearts and minds i think that's a little bit of wishful thinking and i like to align myself on my socials with the way I feel because that's an important part of who I am. But I think that if you are in a group of your friends and someone says something that doesn't sit right with you, that's probably a more effective place that you can make change than just throwing it into the <laughs> echo chamber of the internet. Um, yeah, but I'm definitely. glad that we got to have a little catch up the day after our trip quinny i missed you so much already so i was excited to getting to talk with you and i'm definitely looking forward to sharing a little bit more about our trip later too it was pretty laid back there's not necessarily lots of like exciting details but it was just special to spend time together 
Definitely. I miss you too, and I did not want to let you go in the airport, but we had to get back to our people in our lives. But thank you all so much for spending the time listening. I just also wanted to say it has definitely meant a lot to us to see all the different people that have been sharing our podcast on their stories and messaging us about it. We have continued to feel such a warm welcome and a really great sense of support. So it goes a long way and we see the ratings and reviews you guys are giving us. So that is also really helpful, you know, that our goal here is not just trying to gain the most traction and have the biggest audience, but it is helpful and rewarding for, um, you know, our time to be recognized. And of course, we can't help but feel feel good when people say positive things. So thank you for that. And we just really appreciate your time and hope that you have a fabulous week. Can't wait. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Happy Halloween. <laughs> oh Very my crazy. gosh. Look what we've done. Are you joking me? Happy we didn't even acknowledge it until everyone. now. I hope that you have a very spooky in the coziest way day. And if Halloween has passed for you, we want to know, yeah, what, what the night was like, what costumes were worn, especially maybe we should for on today's Instagram post, you can go on and share what you dressed up as, or if you maybe didn't go somewhere where you dressed up like I might, what the best Halloween tradition is to you to still make you feel like you're celebrating, even if you're not a trick-or-treater anymore. (laughs) Yes, we would love that. I am still brainstorming what my outfit is going to be because I'm going to wear a little something for work. I'm not sure exactly what yet. But, you know, if this gets you in the Halloween spirit, we're also going to give our chickens some pumpkins to carve. Um, And, you know. Wow. Yeah. So just have a fun day, you guys. I can't believe we forgot. Um, But be safe. Well, we're we're still a little messed up from our calendar days now that we're getting back into it. But yes, I hope you have fun. We will catch up on what we did next time and have a great week until then. All right, everybody. See you next time. Bye.